0: Uh, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 11 says, If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as the ability which God gives, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and forever. Amen. Now, that's a scripture that I pray all the time <laughs> If you speak for the Lord, on behalf of the Lord, you really want to speak as an oracle. Uh, I pray that my tongue will be like the pen of a ready writer. And then because that doesn't mean fully to me, I think what it should mean to me, then I say, Lord, and the Holy Ghost is the writer, that you write a message with my tongue. But if any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. There is divine utterance, divine words for every believer to speak that you don't even have to know what to say in that hour because the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit will give you what to say in that moment, in that hour. And so there are divine utterances that can come from heaven and do come from heaven, whether you are aware of them or conscious of them or not, or whether you give heed to them or not. But if you give heed to them, uh, you'll find things flowing forth from your mouth that will surprise even you, and you'll say, who said that? And you find out you said it. Well, really, you spoke it, but God said it. You voiced it. But he gave you the utterance. That's why to be filled with the Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues is such a gift from God. And it's not a gift like the gifts of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about the gifts of the Spirit. Really, it's the workings of the Holy Spirit. If you study it out in the original language, gifts is italicized, which means they just added that word in hopes to help you understand it. In other words, it's something that God freely gives. But it is really an operation of the Spirit. And when you're filled with the Spirit and you begin to speak with other tongues, God gives you the utterance to speak. And you yield yourself and you do the speaking. And when you do the speaking, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 says uh, how be it when he that prays in an unknown tongue let's just turn over there real quick. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Um, Howbeit he that speaks an unknown tongue speaks not to men but unto God, How, for no man understands him. Howbeit in the spirit he speaks mysteries. Follow after love or charity, verse one, and desire spirituals. Greek, Greek literally says spirituals. The word gifts is actually just furnished there. Um, but rather that you may prophesy now that's Old King James' way to say but especially that you may prophesy especially that you may prophesy what is prophecy? it is divine utterance or divine words that God gives that reveal something that open up something For he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to men, who I just quoted, but unto God, for no man understands him. Howbeit in the Spirit he speaks mysteries, but he that prophesies speaks unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. He that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself, but he that prophesies edifies the church." I would that you all spoke with tongues. In other words, Paul says, I wish all of you spoke with tongues, but rather that you prophesied, for greater is he that prophesies than he that speaks with tongues, except he interpret, that the church may receive edifying. So it seems like the Holy Ghost is really interested in uh, people being edified. Because if you pray in an unknown tongue, you are edified. If I hear you pray in that tongue, I would not be edified, but you are edified. But if you interpret that or if you prophesy, then I would also be edified. This is where Paul is you know—he's going to start talking about uh, in public, like a gathering like this. That then if you speak in other tongues, then it ought to be interpreted. If there is no interpreter, let him speak to himself and to God. So actually, he didn't even say stop. He said, let him speak to self and to God. Yes. Why? Because he's all about edifying. Yeah. Let all things be done. What is that? To build up people or to edify people or to charge people with God. Yeah. So that's like a, a good litmus test. If what you're doing in a, in a public gathering, is it, is it helping other people? Is it putting something into people or is it taking something away? Is it being a distraction? Okay. I don't want to go too farther right now. There are, verse 10, there are, uh, it may be so many kinds of voices in the world and none of them is without signification or without significance. Verse 12, even so, for as much as you are zealous of spiritual workings, seek that you may excel to the edifying of the church. Therefore, let him that speaks in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. So if you speak in tongues in your own private prayer life, but you don't interpret, you ought to pray that you interpret because the will of God is that you interpret You know you're edified when you pray in other tongues, but then when you interpret, it's it's like a whole nother edification at a whole nother level. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. You ever have your unrenewed mind trip you up and you wonder like, how do I get beyond that? Well, if you pray in an unknown tongue, your spirit is praying. How do I isolate my spirit? How can I know like what the Lord is saying? How do, I, how do I develop in these things? Well you pray in other tongues because your spirit prays but your understanding is unfruitful. What is it then Paul said I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the spirit and I will sing with the understanding also. Else when you will bless With the spirit, how shall he that occupies the room of the unlearned say amen at your giving of thanks, seeing that he doesn't understand what you're saying? That's what we are just talking about. You know, Somebody's going to, you know, you can actually, if you're with people that understand, you can actually pray over your meal in other tongues. You give thanks well, Paul said. You magnify the Lord when you speak in other tongues, but if your people don't understand, then they wouldn't be edified, so it's kind of like you know, you should not do that. Cause lots of issues. So there are utterances that God gives and one way to isolate or develop in the utterances that God gives, probably the primary way is to pray in other tongues. Because you, you charge up your spiritual battery and you, begin, you gain a heightened sense of what the spirit is saying and how he speaks. You know the the spirit of Christ is also the spirit of love, and I have found the longer that I pray in other tongues, the more acquainted I am with love. And when I when I flow in the spirit, my own private prayer life, praying in other tongues, I don't know if this is a good way to describe it. Lord, you just have the right words here, but that, that as I flow praying in other tongues, and as I'm led by the Spirit, I'll say things in other tongues unknown to me. And I'll say things in the English language, which is about the only language I partially know. <laughs> those utterances, those things that come forth. But then the same sense that I have on the inside when I'm flowing with Him in those things is the exact same sense I have on the inside when I'm yielding to love. Now, in other words, love doesn't come from the flesh. And love doesn't come from a mind that has not been renewed. Love comes from becoming born again and the spirit of God, Romans 5, 5, is shed abroad or poured into you in abundance, the love of God. But if you don't act on that reality, you would feel like you don't have any love. Because why? Why? You are a three-part being, and you are responding from the flesh or the mind that is not renewed, and therefore you are not keenly aware of the spirit of love on the inside of you. Do you understand? So you pray in other tongues, it kind of charges you up and heightens your spiritual sense. I notice the longer I pray in other tongues, the more real the things of God and God himself become. And the easier it is to yield to things that he gives you. Whether to say or to do, because I'm operating already and flowing from that place. Well, that's the place where the spirit of reality is. You know, God, uh, Jesus, talking to the woman at the Well of Samaria in um, um, John chapter 8, said that God is a spirit. God is not a mind, He is a spirit. So, how would you get close to a spirit? with your mind, with your body, with your spirit. Exactly. With your spirit. And then Jesus went on to say, they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You know that word for truth? Reality. The spirit, if I go not away, the spirit of truth will not come. One translation called him the spirit of reality. Well, what is, what is truth? I'm not talking Facts. I'm talking truth. Because you could go to the doctor, and the doctor could say, The fact is, your body doesn't have that ability. Excuse me. The fact is, that's missing from your body. You understand? Medical science, all of their abilities, all of their instruments, all of their training, lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of training. Lots of sleepless nights, right? Studying. And so, and staying up and helping people and doing all all this. The fact is that's missing from your body. But the truth is that part that's missing from your body, Jesus delivered you from that through his death, burial, and resurrection. So your body has even been redeemed in that sense. Not in the sense you know that you'll live forever. That's later. That's the last enemy Jesus said to be put under foot. So you see the fact that this is missing, or that this is there and this should not be there. That is a fact. Okay, that's fine. Let them deal with facts. That's their business to deal with facts. They can't tell you what's going to happen from the influence of the anointing coming upon your body. They don't study the anointing. Now, there's a lady, when I was first uh, filled with the Holy Spirit uh, and began to speak in other tongues, I was in Augusta, Georgia. I was stationed at Fort Gordon. I was in the Air Force, but I was on an army post, so that meant I had worse housing and worse food. (laughs) Sorry if you're army. (laughs) So, Anyhow, I was there, and a friend of mine, his mother, was filled with the Spirit, and man, she was like a powerhouse on fire for God, and, you know, just make you hungry for God just to be around her, you know, and so uh, uh, I didn't know anything really about being filled with the Spirit much, very, very little, poquito, and so uh, I asked some questions, and then we went on a little uh, getaway, uh, their family and myself, and... Um, my friend and his wife got filled with the Spirit and she said, would you like to be filled with the Spirit? And I said, I don't know. I just feel like I'm in church. I need to go to the altar. Because I was acquainted with the move of the Spirit concerning drawing all men unto Himself. And so when I heard those words come out of my mouth, like I was saying earlier, you, you speak things, utterances, and you say like, who said that? Right. Well, I heard myself say that and I thought, oh. Well, yeah, I guess I would. Because <laughs> I knew that was, that was my You know, the Lord works with you where you're at. So I knew, if you want to call it the voice of the Holy Spirit, although I hesitate to say that because people get a natural voice into their mind, their natural thinking. It's like a better way to say it would be the witness of the Spirit on the inside. Uh, I knew this like I can remember being in the the services and I was at that time in a Southern Baptist church for a couple years there and um, before I was filled with the Spirit and after I was actually a little bit. And uh, I used to go Sunday morning and pray. And then during the service I could sense like the Holy Spirit just drawing people for salvation. Because they believed in that. And they talked about that. So that's what they had. You know I got a friend that uh, he said to me one time he said like uh, if healing is like real how come I never see it? And I said does your church ever talk about healing? No. And I said well then why would, do they believe in healing? No. And I said well then why would you ever expect to see it? you know, they're, they're not even doing that. And so uh, they were uh, preaching salvation, teaching salvation. And during the service I would get that so then I would pray. I'd pray. And then, I, you know, I, I uh, started to develop, I guess, in those things even then. And uh, so then I would know like, first I would know someone needs to get born again. There's someone here this morning that needs to get born again. I would just have that knowing that any believer should have and does have, maybe not be aware of it on the inside. And then you know what? As I uh, would pray and yield to that then I would know there are like four people in this room that need to be born again. And you know as I did that and I developed in that then I would know there is someone this morning that is being attacked by a spirit of suicide. There's suicide. And then the pastor, so this is not a typical Southern Baptist church. <laughs> then, the, then the pastor would get up and say someone is contemplating suicide and the Lord's here to minister to you. So I'm talking about developing in spiritual things and speaking utterances. So I said this when I'm in that condo, I said, well, I just feel like I'm at, uh, in church and I need to go to the altar. So I'll give you a little background. That's what I'm talking about. So I had that same sense, that same knowing. So uh, that was enough for me to yield to that. Well, what happened? Well, I was filled with the Holy Spirit and I began to whisper in other tongues because that's my personality. And um, it's kind of funny, anyhow, I won't go there Uh, and so I began to speak in other tongues because the Lord gave uh, me utterance well then I started to pray in other tongues and the more you do that the more you isolate your spirit, so there's two ways I know I'm sure there's a lot, maybe there's a lot more ways I don't know, but I know this he that prays in an unknown tongue prays to God and not to men and his understanding is unfruitful, but his spirit is edified. And then I know in Hebrews, it says that the, uh, Hebrews chapter 4, the word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing into the soul and spirit. So I know the word and praying in other tongues help me isolate what's happening with my spirit. You know, because you you we are a three part being and we talk about the parts in order to understand. We are a spirit. You are a spirit. You're not a body. Even the world knows this because they said they just love me for my body. You don't to be born again for to feel like that. Why? Because you are a spirit. You may have not been recreated in Christ, your spirit, but you are still a spirit. And so unconsciously, you know, like, my body is not me, especially as you age. Because if you didn't look in the mirror, you would think you look just like you looked when you were younger. <laughs> I'm becoming more acquainted with that. And so, and, so, and so man is a spirit. He has a soul, and he lives in a body. Well, we separate these out to try to understand. Why? Well, because you might say, like, how in the world? Like Romans chapter 7, Paul, like, oh, wretched man that I am. When I want to do good, deny evil's right there with me. What's he talking about? You are a three-part being, and if you yield to your flesh, your flesh has lots of desires that are not right. It has some desires that are right, but it has a lot of desires that are not right. And your flesh is not a safe guide. Your flesh could do something, uh, urge you to do something or pull you to do something that's right, like if you haven't eaten, you need to eat? Well, your flesh could uh, lead you in the correct direction. But the next time, your flesh might not lead you in the right direction. You can't, you can't go by that. Well, your soul, you, 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 your mind, your will, and your emotions are what compose your soul. So you have emotions. Well, sometimes your emotions will uh, line up with the Word of God, and sometimes they won't. Uh, with me, typically what will happen is, as I yield to the Holy Spirit from my spirit, uh, my emotions may be somewhere completely else. But as I yield to the Lord, all of a sudden, my emotions will line up with what is in my spirit. not be- After, not before. Sometimes before. Every once in a while, you know, you'll wake up and like, this is the best day ever. I am born again. I'm part of the family of God. And woo, hallelujah. Without any like prompting or putting of the flesh under. But most of the time it's like, I don't drink coffee, but my wife drinks coffee. So I like to tease her. And so I've started making her coffee for her. So maybe I feel like that gives me a little more teasing privilege or something. So she gets up and there's a coffee like just ready to go. Uh, if I drink it, I kind of shake like this, so I don't like to drink it. And so, you know, people are like, I'm, I'm more of a morning person. She's more of a night person. So she's waking up like, oh, you know. And uh, you got to put the flesh under. Okay. You got to say, this is the day that the Lord has made. Something good's going to happen today. Yeah. You just declare a thing, and it'll be so. Yeah, exactly. The Lord is waiting on you yes. to speak his word. Because he's watching over his words to perform them. You say, Lord, why are you not working in my situation? Why are you not showing up in my life? I would ask you the question How much of his word are you speaking? What, what are you giving him the access to perform? You think he's gonna come and perform something that's not according to his word? He's gonna do something? what if he would do that because he he is the God of love I suppose every non-believer would just instantly be born again don't even have to believe and confess because he is that much love you know for me it's helped me uh, in understanding the things of God and knowing like is this of the Lord or is this not if I always take it back to the uh, new creation experience like I go back to salvation like I told you about my friend that I worked with in Tulsa And uh, he was a a Southern Baptist and I had at that time had become, um, you know, spirit filled and it was a word of faith, I guess, part of Rhema, whatever, like really rather call it the word of God. But anyhow, um, and so he said to me, he was asking me one time, you know, you guys have like a, do you guys have healing services? I've been around a lot of people like him before. I grew up in the Free Methodist Church and that was a two years when I was in Georgia in the Southern Baptist Church. And so um, I, I knew some of the curiosity he had because I had been there. And so he's like, you guys have a healing service? And I said, yeah, you have, we have healing services. Actually, we have one coming up in such such time. And he said, you actually think that you can say, hey, Lord, we are commanding you to heal this night. And, you know, the Lord helps you. Like I was saying earlier, you don't even have to know what to say at that moment. Well, I didn't, you know, I'm still learning so much. And I'm still learning now, at this time and, and now. And uh, I just just came up, it was in my spirit, and so I said it. That's how utterances in other tongues come. It's in my spirit, and then I have to give it forth. So some people misunderstand. They think, like, it's like uh, uh, the Lord, dropped, one person said, which I thought was a great, great example they thought it was like the Lord's going to take a little radio, drop it down their throat, and turn it on. And you just go. And all these sounds start coming out. Aw. Oh. No, like, you'll be doing that for a long time. Aw. Oh. feel like you're at the dentist. And he's like, open wider. Open wider. And your muscles are getting so tired. You're like, no. And um, so uh, when he said that, this just came up. It was in my spirit. And so I said it. And I said, well, I said, because I knew the the Southern Baptists were so acquainted with salvations and just the Lord uses them mightily, mighty, mighty in that area. And uh, so I said, well, I said, you think uh, it's okay for you to say, uh, Lord, you're going to save these people here tonight? We're making you save these people? And he said, oh, well, that's a good point. I never looked at it that way before. And I said, well, I said, "You, you could, there's many ways to look at it or something like that. And so the Lord gave me the words to speak. Because it wasn't about a debate. My God, it's not about a debate. I don't want to debate anybody. But if you're hungry and you want to know, I will will feed you the word of God. So it wasn't about like being right or being wrong. It was about him being able to receive from the Lord. So you you operate in love and you walk in love and um, the Lord works with you because love is on the inside of you. And so you pray in other tongues, you become more acquainted with the spirit, and he is the spirit of love. And so he, he, he wants to manifest himself. In other words, what does it manifest mean? He wants to show up in your life, on your lips, in your body, in your finance. He wants to have a direct effect on your life So he can have a direct effect on the lives of others. It's about you, but it's not about you. Do you understand? Like the Lord, the Lord has good plans for you. But his plans are not solely directed at you. But if you were the only one, they're all directed right at you. Because the mind, natural mind thinks in limited fashion. What's a natural mind think? Well, it's going to have like, uh, how many children do you have? And if you fully love them, you can only fully love one. No, that's natural human thinking. It's also sin and it's also really bad. You can see with uh, uh, Joseph the results of that. He caused hatred between siblings. And so um, God loves you and has a plan for you and has a plan to use you. Church is one of the few places you can go and get excited about being used. Lord, use me. I want to be used. But then sometimes the Lord starts to use you, and you're saying, hey, Lord, what is up? Have you ever noticed sometimes the things that you're experiencing are actually answers to your prayers from four years ago? Uh, I, I know I've learned now. I'm 43, so I learned the Lord does that. And so I actually enjoy looking back and I'm like, what's it going to be like two years from now? I know stuff's going to be happening in my life and I'll look back and see, know like the Lord begun that four years ago. And now I'm bearing the fruit of it. And enjoying the blessing of it. Because when you're in the middle of a situation... And you think like, Lord, why? Lord, how? Lord, when? It's it's uh, you can't see the forest for the trees, right? You see this tree and this tree and this tree, but you don't see the forest. So I I used to fly. I will fly again someday on my own in private plane, you know. And so even flying commercially though. I love flying because the natural act of flying, uh, it affects my heart, because I stop, especially flying out of here, because you know the traffic. And when you fly above the traffic, it doesn't matter if there's a traffic jam. It doesn't matter if you could see for miles each direction red lights. Red lights this way, white lights that way, you know. You're above. And so it always takes me to a world perspective or a city perspective or a region perspective. It gets me out of the, oh, no, 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 because the here and now, the day-to-day sometimes, if you let it, it will affect your whole vision. That all you see is what's right here. And then if you make decisions out of what's right here, you will get in an accident. You know, my children are not old enough to drive, but Evie's getting older, and so she's asking questions and stuff. And I say, like, you don't just look, like, right in front of you. You have to look down the road, but you're conscious of what's right in front of you. Because if you just look at the car in front of you, and you've got enough space to stop uh, adequately, but then all of a sudden, somebody in front of them slams on the brakes and you're only paying attention to the car in front of you, and the car in front of you is not paying attention because they're doing something illegal, which is messing with their phone, <laughs> then they're liable to slam on the brakes so fast that you have great difficulty stopping and you might even run into them. But if you look down the road and you're still conscious of what's right there, then you can go and like people are like, how, how can you do like a straight line with that? I love to, my grandfather taught me how to mow. And so you'd mow the same way. If you want beautiful lines in your lawn, well, first you have to plant good lawn, right, Gary? But then you have to look down. You don't just look right here. If you look right here, and you'll say this is straight, and all of a sudden you get you look at the pattern that the mower made, and all of a sudden it's like, eh, eh, and you're like, oh, it's not a straight line. It's not a straight line. So I have to, I'm having to mark these. You know, they, have, they make spray paint that is biodegradable and goes on the lawn if you're going like to build something or do something. And so I'm you know, still working on this driveway, praise the Lord. And so I was doing it the other day to get straight lines and my son Isaac said, hey dad, can I do that? And I said, well I don't have a lot of paint left. I said, well let me do most of the line, I'll let you do the last little bit. So he just had about this much to do. So he goes and he, he sprays and he, I didn't instruct him first. I just said, like, just go, don't stop, you know, because I don't want him to sh- put it all out there in one spot. So he went like this, and, he went, and it was kind of like wobbly. And he's like, is that good? <laughs> oh. <sighs> I am not a good poker face, and I, I'm not really a very dishonest person. <laughs> so I said, well, I said, it's not bad. It could be a lot better. And I said, I forgot to instruct you. Like, what you do, what daddy does is I do this, and I, kinda, and I, I have to be conscious of all this, and then I go like this. And so I was with Melody because we had to make a little curve in it to park the church trailer because we're trying to get a better place to park it. Anyhow, and so we had to make a little curve for where we wanted to go. And so I put a dot down here, and then four feet out, I put a dot here, and then over here and over here because I'm trying to make this curve. And Melody said, like, why are you doing all those dots over there? And I said, because I'm freehanding this. So I said, because I have to make the curve go like that, and if I'm going to get that curve right, I have to be conscious of where, what that distance is. And I know if I see in my peripheral that four-foot distance and points that help me, then my curve will be really nice. But if I'm not conscious, if I'm only conscious of this right here, then I'm going to still go like that no matter how hard I try. So that's the point, like that we just look at the stuff that's right in front of us and we're trying so hard and we're working so diligently but we're still doing a line like this. But Jesus think about this. We'll finish with this. Remember what what the word said about Jesus? That he, you think I can't go through this. Let me tell you what. Jesus for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, not despising the shame. How did he do that? Because he saw you on the other side of the cross. You are his joy. He didn't look at the here and now. Do you know it hurt what happened to him? He, a, he lived in a human body. And not only that, I think the worst part was being separated from God. I mean, he, he was just contemplating that and he began to go through it before he went through it because it says, in the garden he sweat great drops of blood. So his blood was shed even before his blood was shed. He was like a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. God set him forth. God, God was not surprised at man's uh, problems And mistakes and inabilities, but he knew exactly what was going to happen. And he had the perfect, spotless Lamb of God prepared before man entered the world. Hallelujah. That's our God. That's our God. That he wasn't looking at the here and now and shocked at what happened. Because even God has the foresight. And he looked ahead. And he saw, and so he saw you, and he saw today, what is today, December 2nd, 2018, and he knew exactly what was going to be whirling around your life today, and he made a way. Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27, and it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away off of your shoulder And his yoke from off of your neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Hallelujah. And then over in Acts chapter 10 verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. The anointing is the burden removing, yoke destroying power of God. And Jesus said that um, sickness and disease are oppression from the devil. Doesn't mean it's always a demon, although it could be. But sickness and disease came with the fall and came with sin. And so it's it's a work of the enemy. But Christ has redeemed redeemed us from that. And his burden shall be removed because of the anointing. Uh, uh, stand with me if you would. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've never been born again, there is a new life that actually frees you. From the chains that the devil has held you with and tried to torment you with. And it is called the life of Christ and the life of God. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you'd like to, uh, raise your hand because we want to pray with you and we want to pray for you. If you're here this morning and uh, you've not been baptized with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, um, you've never had this experience. Or you have, but you've let things kind of slip away. Well, I want to invite you, if you'd like us to pray with you and for you, just slip up your hand. The Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that you received when you were born again, will come and give you words to speak that you can go beyond your natural thinking and really enter the realm of God. Hallelujah. If that's you, you'd like that. And uh, this morning... And if you're here this morning and, uh, you know, you're a Christian, you were a Christian, but uh, you backslid. A lot of things came in and drove out the presence of God and the Word, and you're conscious of other things, and you feel in your heart that you need to come back, come back to the Lord, come back to the house of God. Uh, just make a public declaration that uh, this, uh, this old life and this old way that keeps uh, trying to pull me back, I'm, I'm not going that way anymore. If that's you and you'd like us to pray with you for that, just slip up your hand or come forward. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, Father, we thank you for your word and for the anointing of your spirit, that the anointing, the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power that comes from you is upon us and is even here in this place. If you need healing in your body, if you you need a a touch from the Lord, I invite you right now just by faith to reach up and grab it. Just take it with your heart uh, and the Lord will confirm the word with signs following. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that your word is full of life and full of power. Father, we receive your word with meekness, with humility. We thank you, Father, for loving us and making a way for us and a plan for us. We magnify you in the name of Jesus. We declare that you are good and your mercy endures forever. In Jesus' name, amen.